Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Progressive Field in Cleveland. It's another tough one. The Astros 6, the Indians 3. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. Hey, before I get into the storylines and all the stats, just want to take a second. I don't ask for it too often, but if you've got a chance, if you're on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and rate and review the show. We've got an all five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. It is the big one. Hey, if you listen on another app, we'd appreciate a review too. But if you happen to be on Apple this holiday weekend, if you have a second, go ahead, just click those stars, give this show a star rating. Like I said, we've got an all five-star review so far, and it is awesome. And I appreciate everyone out there who takes the time to listen and talk some baseball with me. So if you got a chance, go ahead, rate and review the show. It helps the show grow. It helps us climb up those charts. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right, let's get into this game. Man, the storylines in this game, it is, it's getting brutal out there. It really is, and we knew this stretch would be. We're on a four-game losing streak now. We're six games back in the division. Uh, we're five games over 500 still, but this is getting... This is getting pretty rough. We're three and a half back in the wild card now. So, I mean, you want to talk about the line between buying and selling. We are, if it keeps going this way, we are getting dangerously close to that line. Not just the line of falling out of the division, but the line between being a buyer and a seller. But that is another story for another day. Let's get into the storylines of this day. And, I mean, there was some big off-field news before the game even started. And that's that Vermeil Reyes is back. They're like, why are we waiting till Saturday? We said this earlier in the week. What, what If he's pain-free and he's crushing the ball down in the minor leagues, what does Vermeil Reyes need until Saturday for? So they activate him right away, and they drop him in the four-hole, which is exactly where he should be hitting. No more uh, floating the DH around the infield. Vermeil Reyes is back and should be in there every day as the DH. In the four hole. I don't care if Eddie Rosario is, you know, whatever, is feeling good in left field. I don't care if Harold Ramirez, if it's a righty or a lefty out there. Fermil Reyes is the cleanup hitter on this team. He's the most feared hitter. He belongs in that four hole. Um, and then, uh, so that means we have to make a roster move. And many of you predicted it, but Yu Chang is the odd man out. He did have options. So he was optioned back to triple A. Look, I saw all the, you know, oh, thank God uh, Chang is gone. Oh, you know, hope I never see that guy again. All those tweets on uh, Indians Twitter, and that's ridiculous. Yu Chang, there is a good baseball player in there. He's a good defender. And, of course, this comes the day after he goes two for three, and we give him MVP for the day. He had just won the coveted award of MVP for the day on the Cleveland Baseball Mornings podcast and then gets set, sent down. That's, that's a rough, that's a rough uh, 24 hours there. And uh, he, he can hit. Like, Chang definitely can hit. He can definitely field. There is a good baseball player in there somewhere. Yeah, he wasn't really able to make it work here in his first base platoon. Not really the ideal situation to try to get something going at the plate. 
So he'll go down to AAA, and I mean, could he end up in a trade package at the deadline for some starting pitching? Maybe you know, a team that can give him a chance, that can give him a run at short, at second, at third, every day. Uh, maybe at this point, he's gotten a couple chances here in Cleveland. There's still a good baseball player in there, and there's a good dude in there, right? I mean, all I can base this on is social media presence, but he seems like an awesome dad and a good guy. So I will always root for you, Chang. Um, but Vermeer Race is back. And then the other off-the-field news is Ramirez is out. Ramirez hurt his elbow diving for a ball, I think uh, Andre Knott said. So uh, he was scratched, a late scratch from the lineup, and moved Bobby Bradley from the five spot up to the three hole and moved everybody up. Ernie Clement went in and played third base. So hopefully this is just a one-day thing. Hopefully this is just, hey, you know, this thing is barking at me today. Let me ice it. Let me take the dead night off, and I'll be back strong tomorrow. So you know it takes a lot to keep Jose Ramirez out of the lineup. So there is all the off-field stuff. Now getting into the game, the big storyline, the huge storyline, the Indians are really good at loading the bases. They have loaded the bases five times over the last two days, and they have nothing to show for it. Absolutely nothing to show for it. And uh, it happened in, the I think, the second and the eighth inning two nights ago. It happened in the first inning. Happens in the fourth inning. Happens again in the eighth inning last night. And just... Strikeouts. I think a flyout from Ahmed Rosario. Everybody's gotten a chance at it, it feels like. And they just cannot deliver with the bases loaded. Now, these numbers on baseball reference are not updated from last night because it only has the Astros playing us once so far this season. So I'm guessing the team splits are not updated. But this is surprising to me because we've actually been pretty good with the bases loaded. With the bases loaded, we've had 47 plate appearances. We're hitting 366, uh, 404 on base, 488 slugging, 892 OPS. We're actually doing really good with the bases loaded. Uh, with the bases loaded and nobody out, it's 250 with a 583 OPS. So not great there. That's weird. With one out in the bases loaded, 353 with an 821 OPS. With the bases loaded and two outs, 438 with a 1.125 OPS. So, so far this season, the data would say that the Indians are actually a good team with the bases loaded. Instead, it's absolutely brutal last night. In the first inning, I mean, there were a ton of strikeouts in that first inning. McCullers was just mowing us down. But Harold Ramirez walks to load the bases and, uh, well, Cesar Hernandez doubles the lead off the inning. Ahmed Rosario strikes out. Bobby Bradley walks first and second. Fermil Reyes strikes out. Harold Ramirez walks to load the bases. Ernie Clement strikes out. So that is pretty brutal. Then in the uh, fourth inning, uh, Cesar Hernandez is hit by a pitch to load the bases. This is after a Zimmer walk and an Oster Mercado single. That's right. Zimmer and Oscar Mercado are trying to put together a rally from the bottom of the lineup. Didn't think that was possible. Cesar Hernandez gets hit by a pitch. Ahmed Rosario flies out to left field to end the threat. Then in the eighth inning, they load the bases again. 
And uh, this time, it's Mercado kicking things off again. Mercado singles. Hernandez strikes out. I'm at Rosario singles. Drops one in the left field. Mercado to second. Bobby Bailey strikes out. From Mil Reyes beats out an infield single to Carlos Correa. Uh, Fran Wheel Reyes uh, does it again. He flashes that hustle, that speed, that burst of speed when he needs it. And Harold Ramirez goes down swinging to a breaking ball and ends that threat. So those were your bases-loaded situations, and it was maddening. I saw the tweets on Indians Twitter. People were saying, no, not the bases loaded, not bases loaded again. It was like I was almost cursed. Literally, the Indians fans believe the Indians are cursed right now with the bases loaded. Cesar Hernandez, his home run came with two men on. If Fermil Reyes, I mean, that's why we all wanted Fermil Reyes to deliver the big hit with two guys on. We didn't want the infield single because that loaded the bases. And we just, we knew that it was going to fall apart. I don't know. It's bizarre. The data up until this point tells you that the Indians are great with the bases loaded. And it's just the last two days have been, have been so, uh, unbelievable because it's the difference between winning and losing these games. Because. The bullpen actually does a fantastic job of shutting down the Houston Astros after Henches gets destroyed. So Henches gives up six runs. We'll get to him in a little bit. But Trevor Steffen comes in, goes two and a third, three strikeouts, nothing, no hits, no runs, no walks, no base runners for two and a third, only one hard hit ball. Nick Wickren comes in. He goes two innings, does give up a hit, does give up three hard hit balls, but nothing. Blanks across the board. Three strikeouts. Brian Shaw comes in. He struggles a little bit still finding the strike zone. A hit and a walk, but a strikeout gets out of it. And Emmanuel Classe, pretty dominant in the ninth inning. I think on eight pitches, he gets a strikeout, gives up a hit, but gets out of it in the eighth inning. All cutters. So, the Indians bullpen does a fantastic job of cleaning up the mess that Sam Hench has left. And if the Indians were to deliver on any of those bases-loaded situations, this losing streak might be over. We might be singing a different tune today. But they cannot deliver in these big situations. Uh, if you look at the box score, it's pretty rough. They left, as a team, 15 runners on base. They were 2 for 11 with runners in scoring position. They struck out 16 times and everybody went down. It's actually a bell curve. It's this is this is actually incredible. It's literally a bell curve to the middle of the lineup. One strikeout for Hernandez, one for Rosario, two for Bradley, two for Reyes, three for Ramirez, then back to two for Clement, two for Zimmer, two for Hedges, and one for Mercado. That's literally the shape of a bell curve. Um, so yeah, so they strike out 16 times, they leave 15 on base. And they just, they absolutely had their chances. They absolutely had chances to deliver in this game and to get right back into this thing against the Astros. And Cesar Hernandez's three-run home run is the perfect example of this. Uh, Hernandez delivered last night. He had a double and the three-run home run. And it was a classic fastball that just ran right into the barrel of the bat. A uh, fastball from a lefty to a right-handed hitter at the letters, and just zips right into the barrel of the bat, right into this, the power zone, you know, whatever, the nitro zone for the batter, and he cranks it out to the seats in left field. Cesar Hernandez, we'll have to take a look. I'll try to pull this up for tomorrow. If his launch angle has changed, right, what's changed 
that he's hitting so many home runs and not hitting as many doubles this year. So Cesar Hernandez flashes the power and delivers a big hit. That's it. That's it as far as big hits go. In fact, he's the only one with an extra base hit on the entire day. Everything else was singles. Uh, I mean, they did. Oh, I take that back. I take that back. Oscar Mercado had the triple. Sorry. Between Cesar Hernandez and Oscar Mercado were the only extra base hits. Everything else was singles. And, I mean, they put together 12 hits on the day that should deliver more than three runs. They out-hit the Houston Astros. They only had nine hits. But the Astros had that giant rally. They were able to string together hits. They are able to score in the second and third innings. And that's that's the difference. They rallied. We didn't. We stalled. Every rally stalled. They actually put together a rally. All right. Keep going on these hitters here. Uh, Oscar Mercado did have three hits from the nine hole yesterday, so he shakes off those strikeouts for the last two days. He did strike out once, but he also he walked and had three hits. So a big day for Oscar Mercado and in the nine hole. He delivers the big triple off the left field wall and then drops a few singles in, including a single the opposite way. Uh, so that's really good to see. He was electric on the base paths. Uh, legging out that triple, and uh, yeah, that was really good to see that Oscar Mercado was trying to spark some rallies, like between him and Zimmer and Hedges, uh, Zimmer didn't have any hits, but he walked twice, so he was getting things going that way, using his speed to go first to third, it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out at the bottom of the lineup, I mean, at the end of the season, who are we going to talk about? Who are we going to be talking about Bradley Zimmer going into next year? Or are we going to be talking about Oscar Mercado going into next year? I have a feeling one of them will be considered the starting center fielder going into next year. One of them will be considered uh, done, like out of chances, right? I mean, doesn't it feel like these are final auditions for some of these guys uh, that have bounced back and forth a couple of times? Yu Chang included in that list. Uh, we really... They talk about it all the time on the Selby's Godcast. Zach Meisel, it's one of his favorite refrains. This is a season where you need to figure out what you have. And for Mercado and Zimmer and Chang, that's absolutely right. Bobby Bradley has not gotten a run like this before. And I think we I think we're seeing something we like in Bobby Bradley. I think it's a good thing we're seeing in Bobby Bradley. Uh 9-12 OPS right now. So yeah, we're we're Bobby Bradley experiment is working at first base right now, and I I hope this works out, and he's the first baseman for a long time. It solves a lot of problems for the Cleveland Indians if he is. But then center field is another question. Is it Zimmer? Is it Mercado? Do they both work out there? Can Zimmer get on base enough to make it worthwhile? He doesn't have to hit enough. He has to get on base enough. He could be an 8-9 hitter, and play tremendous defense in center field and get on base, cut down on the strikeouts, hang on to the walks, and uh, that could be his thing. That could absolutely work. Uh, going over to the Illustrator, speaking of walks and uh, getting on base, you can flip the Illustrator over to look at what the batters have done. And uh, just looking at the swinging strikes... The amount of times they got the Indians to reach out of the zone doesn't happen. Only happened once to Hernandez. Only happened once to Rosario. Bobby Bradley, all of his swinging strikes last night were in the zone or on the shadows of the zone. 
Um, he's had he had six swinging strikes, uh, one to a knuckle curve just below the zone, two cutters low in the zone, and then four three fastballs up. Sorry, three four seam fastballs up. So he swung and missed a lot in the zone. For me, Reyes chased two sliders down and away. Harold Ramirez was chasing uh, breaking balls out of the zone down. Ernie Clement was chasing a lot of sliders in the zone. Man, uh, the word is out to throw him sliders. He swung and missed at six sliders yesterday. Uh, Bradley Zimmer also chasing things in the shadows of the zone. And this is the problem I've had with Bradley Zimmer. Uh, Chasing things in the shadows and then letting things go in the strike zone. He chased a high fastball. He chased a sinker away. He chased a knuckle curve down below the zone. And he chased a slider that broke in towards his thighs. Uh, Hedges did chase a few sliders. Also chased a few in the zone. Mercado chased a few fastballs that might have been called. The ump had a pretty tight zone yesterday. Right at the top of the zone. And then did chase some sliders down. um, Which is pretty common to see. right? Chasing high fastballs. Chasing breaking balls down. But then if I flip this over, and instead of looking at swing strikes, if we look at called strikes, now this gets interesting, right? Uh, Bobby Bradley looked at a bunch of called strikes in the zone. Um, Man, he really had a rough time up there yesterday when it came to strikes. Uh, He looks at a couple of knuckle curves in the zone, a sinker in the zone. These are all down and a changeup. So he's trying to be patient, but he's giving up some pitches in the zone. For Emil Reyes, he looks at two sliders in the strike zone. So he chases those two sliders away and then gives up two sliders that are actually in the zone. That's the opposite of what you want to be seeing. Harold Ramirez took a lot of strikes in the strike zone yesterday. Uh, Six different pitches in the strike zone. Fastball, sinker, sliders. Um, And then Bradley Zimmer, this is the one I wanted to get to, uh, took five strikes in. In the strike zone. So he chased those pitches away. Took two curveballs perfectly in the zone. Took a sinker at the top of the zone. That was strike three on a full count. So he's chasing these things down and away. And then gives up this sinker right at the top of the zone. That he should be turning on. That he should recognize as a strike, right? Gives up a fastball right down the pipe. That was on a 3-0 count. Okay, he's got a red light on that one. I'll give him credit on that one. And then a curveball, a normal curve, not the uh, knuckle curve uh, that their starter was throwing, takes one at the knees there. So Bradley Zimmer is chasing in the shadows, but giving up pitches in the strike zone. So that that was the big one there, Bradley Zimmer. I, I've seen it from him so many times this season where he'll go chase something for strike two and then stare at strike three right down the pipe. And he did it last night on that 3-2 count. He took this sinker that he absolutely cannot be taking. There's nothing that should set off your brain to take that pitch. If a pitch is down at the knees, fine. Because, you know, you're trying to lay off this breaking stuff in the dirt. I get that. If you're froze at the knees, fine. If you're froze at the letters, what were you, were you expecting that to be a slider that broke in into your hands? Like, what were you seeing that made you freeze on a pitch that high? So anyways, uh, that is what we got going on the Illustrator for the batters. Now flipping things over to the pitchers because our last storyline is Sam Hentges. And Terry Francona basically said in his postgame press conference that he's got to keep throwing strikes. And it's absolutely true. He was all over the place 
with his pitches. Um, he was in the strike zone with that slider a bunch, which is good to see, and that curveball. But the fastball, he was not locating the fastball at all. In fact, let's isolate. Um, we can isolate that four-seam fastball, and we can look just at his fastballs. And let's go over to the results tab, uh, the pitch description tab, to see which were strikes and which were balls. And I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven of the twenty fastballs were balls. Eleven out of twenty. So yeah, not good, not good. He only had four called strikes on his fastball out of twenty. And that's just not good enough from Sam Henches. Overall, he uh, 65 pitches, only 35 for strikes. Steven, Trevor Steffen comes in after him, 33 pitches, 22 strikes. Pounding the strike zone a lot more than, uh, than the starter Sam Henches did. And has the success to show for it, right? 66% strikes. He was pounding the zone and getting the results. So there you go. I mean, that's the difference right there. Henches absolutely, and it sounds like it sounds like there's really no room to send him down right now. Maybe if I don't know if Peacock is ready, if Plesac proves he's ready after his rehab start, I think Henches is one of those guys that may go down to AAA just so he could keep pitching with the pressure off. Everybody says how good his stuff is, and it is. He's, he's got great stuff. He froze Michael Brantley beautifully on a curveball for a strikeout to end the first inning. That's the Sam Henches we want to see. First inning Sam Henches, that guy could be dominant. But he just does not throw enough strikes. Uh, let's see how he did in that first inning. Um, in the first inning, he throws on 10 pitches, only four balls. So six strikes on 10 pitches. That's good. We could take that. We could absolutely take that. Um, He had three called strikes in there, one swinging strike, and two balls put in play for outs. So yeah, we could take that from uh, Sam Henches. That's the kind of guy we need as a starter. What happens in the second and the third inning, things get really rough for him. That he's got to work out. And, you know, when they're being patient, again, it's not necessarily the walks because he didn't walk a ton. He only walks two. But when you're not attacking the strike zone, you're putting hitters in hitter counts. And then when you need to come into the strike zone, they are geared up and ready for you. When you start them off with a strike, if you could paint that fastball on the outside edge and get ahead, then you will get them to chase that slider. You'll get them to swing over that knuckle curve. Um, that is the kind of thing Henches has to work on. Uh, so yeah, so those are all my thoughts. That's that's how it goes for a, a pretty rough game. A game the Indians, frankly, for giving up six runs early in the game, a game the Indians should have won. The way the offense played last night, the way they were setting themselves up, they absolutely should have won this game. And uh, it's a real shame. It's a real shame that they uh, that it fell apart like this, and uh, that they've now fallen behind in the division. You know, these things get away fast, right? They get away from you fast. And we said that Chicago had a pretty easy schedule here in July, and the Indians had a pretty rough schedule. 
And I'm hoping this thing doesn't get too far away because I honestly would like to see them be buyers at the deadline. I'd like to see them maybe at an outfield bat, maybe at a starting pitcher. I think those are two things they could look for, and they're out there. They are available. There are teams that are struggling that are willing to sell. They have the ammunition to sell. They have so many freaking middle infielders that teams would love to get their hands on. They absolutely have it to be sellers or to be buyers at the deadline. They have the things to sell to be buyers at the deadline. So we'll see what ends up happening here. If the holiday weekend, they could turn their luck around against Houston and uh, get back in this thing. All right, that's my thoughts. Again, the final from Cleveland. It's the Astros 6, the Indians 3. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about, I believe, Eli Morgan starting. Yep, against Oda Rizzi. And then Sunday, Quantrill is going to be going against Granky. So we'll be back. It's a 7.15 start. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Baseball Morning.